not make today the day you begin to finish strong. Welcome to the Finishing Strong Podcast. Join Pastor Mike Hendon for an insightful discussion on how to begin from wherever you are to the goal of finishing strong in life, in relationships, and in faith. Welcome to the podcast. It's Mike Hendon, and this is Finishing Strong. I want to thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for listening, and thank you for reviewing. And I really appreciate you getting the word out and helping me to share this message. My goal is to share this with as many as I can, as many who are discouraged, who feel like giving up in whatever stage of life they're in. And um, so I really appreciate you helping me get the word out. Last week, we talked about the importance of self-talk, and we'll probably come back to that issue because overall, self-talk is probably one of the most important, at least the top three most important issues in dealing with your own life, inner life, leadership, and where you're going and how you'll get there. And in that episode, we talk about the importance of not letting your thoughts and your self-talk go negative. And um, if you haven't listened to that, it's in episode four, and I recommend you go back and listen to that again. Today, in episode five, I want to talk to you about the crisis of failure. Failure is something that uh, you're going to deal with if you're a younger person. I think we kind of give the wrong message. We try to arm people against failure like failure is not a reality. And I don't know of anyone who ever accomplished anything or who ever got to the finish line without experiencing failure at one or more points. And so to be able to look at failure and arm yourself with the right mindset so that when you're in it, you'll be able to navigate through it is of vital importance. If I was given the opportunity to talk to my younger self, I would I would help my younger self understand that failure is a, a key element of growth and success. That failure is not fatal, that you will fail often, you will fall down, you will get knocked down, but don't let it keep you down, that that's just as much a part of the process as the success and the victory. And yet today, we give the idea that to fail is uh, fatal. To fail is is like the end. I want to read you a quote from Theodore Roosevelt, one of our great presidents of the past. And he said this, it's such a powerful statement, and I quote, Far better it is to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy nor suffer much because they live in the great twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. Now think about that great twilight. If you want to keep from failing, then you're going to live in a great twilight. If you dare to do mighty things, you are going to fail. But it's better to have those moments of failure and walk through that in order to get to the triumph than to resign yourself with not taking any risks, not stepping out beyond your comfort zone, not to risk failure because you feel somehow like it will put an end to your quest. And so I think he hit on something that's so important. I, I want to make this statement statement right out front here that most of us have not failed enough. 
most of us have not failed enough. And what I mean by that is we haven't gained the wisdom and experience needed that comes through failure in order to really get to a place where we'll figure out how to finish, how to overcome. And so I want to illustrate it with a story from a college professor who announced to two different classes in his pottery class how he was going to grade the class. In the first class, he surprised the students and told them they only had to turn one pot in the whole semester. Their entire course grade would be based on the quality of that one pot. In his second class, he informed the students that their grade would be based on quantity rather than quality. Therefore, if they turned in 50 pots, they would get an A. 40 pots would get you a B, 30 a C, and so on. Not surprisingly, the two classes took a very different approach to how to get to the end. The students in the first class spent the whole semester trying to make the perfect pot. The second class just churned out pots in record numbers. At the end of the semester, the professor began assigning final grades. First, he assigned course grades to the single pot class. And then as he began counting the pots from the second class, he stopped dumbfounded. He didn't find what he expected to find. He was afraid he would just receive garbage, bad work from his second class. But their pots were much better than the first class. Now, how do you explain it? The professor pondered and then realized that compared to his first class, the students from the second class made far more mistakes in their effort to make 50 pots, but they obviously learned valuable lessons from their mistake. They became far better potters. And here's the professor's grand conclusion, and I quote, the people in my first class did not become great potters because they hadn't failed enough. You see, if you want to be successful, you've got to be willing to get out there and fail. You've got to fail enough that you learn how to be a success. And my question to you is, are you willing to fail and fail enough that you will learn how to succeed? Because if you're not willing to fail, actually prevent yourself from being the kind of success that you're really capable of. Failure gives great experience and experience is a great teacher. You don't learn very much from your successes, but you learn a great deal from your failure. I remember reading John Maxwell's book years ago called Failing Forward. And I want to read you a quote from John Maxwell's book. He said, and I quote, If you don't fail much, it probably means you are only doing the things you already know how to do. You're not breaking new ground. You're just playing it safe. If you really want to achieve your dreams, I mean really achieve them, not just daydream, not just talk about them, you've got to get out there and fail. Fail early, fail often, 
but always fail forward. Turn your mistakes into stepping stones for success. Did you know entrepreneurs almost never get their first business off the ground or their second or even their third? According to a Tulane University business professor, Lisa Amos, the average for entrepreneurs is 3.8 failures before they finally make it in business. Now think about that. 3.8 failures on average. So that means some had many more and some had less. But here's one common thread. They all had failure. And if you're not willing to fail, and I love that, I love that line in there, fail early. You know, when you're young, failure is really hard on you. It's hard on your ego. It's, it's hard not to take a, a defensive position when you fail and start pointing to the, the externals and the excuses and rather than, than take responsibility and learn the lesson that it's meant to teach. And, but, but fail early. Fail early. And then he says, fail often. Because that means you're doing something. When you fail often, it means you're you're at it. You're working at it. It means that you got growing to do, and you got some learning to do, and you you've got to you've got to apply the principles of of what you learn. But but fail often. Don't be afraid to fail. And then I love the third one. He says, "Fail forward." See, and I think the key is you can fail backward and what happens when you fall backwards, you don't get back up again to continue on. Usually in that failing backward thing, we reach for plan B. In other words, we give up on our initial dream. We give up on our initial prize and our goals and and our destinations and destinies. And we give up on that and we decide I'm gonna settle for something less because I because this failing hurts. But when you fail forward, what you're doing is you're making a determination, yes, I failed, I got knocked down, I have fallen, but I'm gonna get back up again and finish what I started. That's how you fail forward. Do not reach for plan B. In fact, if you have a plan B in your pocket, I would recommend after after all of my years of experience and after this coming from a guy who always had a plan B in his pocket, I would suggest to you, you get rid of plan B and completely commit yourself to plan A because plan B's will take you on a lot of detours, dead ends, and cul-de-sacs that will take you nowhere. And so I want to share with you a story about uh, that really illustrates this so well that I heard on a TED Talk by Bonnie St. John. Bonnie St. John is an American Olympic skier uh, back in the day. And not only is she an Olympic skier, but she's got one leg. And you can hear her story on her TED Talk, and it's such an inspiration, and it's the best 18 minutes you'll spend this week. But she was trying to qualify for the Olympic team and the downhill skiing. And uh, she worked really hard and trained really hard. And when it came to the American team, they were only going to take three women to the Olympics. 
and she just barely eked out a third place finish, just barely qualifying, but she made it. From there, she determined she was going to work really, really hard because to be third, the third-ranked American means she was way down in the rankings on the worldwide scale. And so she went to a glacier and skied on uh, on ice because that's in this downhill racing. This is the if you can ski on ice, you can ski. And so she trained hard and they finally get to the Olympics. I think these were in Austria. And when she got to Austria and she did her first run, she just skied flawlessly and all of her training, all of it converged. And by the end of the day, when all the women had run their first run, she was leading all the women across the world in the number one spot in downhill. But to win the gold, you have to do two runs. The next day when they went to do the second run, they also changed the course. This particular course had a lot of ice on it. And when Bonnie skied her second run, she caught the ice, lost the edge, and she went down, went down hard. But she says that when she went down, her heart sank, but she found the resolve to get back up and finish because that's what you do, you still finish. And when she got done and all the dust settled, she won the bronze medal, but got knocked out of the gold because she fell. When she got to the platform and she was just so elated, so happy to be on that platform and to be receiving a medal, but then she looked over at the woman who had won the gold medal and she found out that the gold medal winner had fallen too. And not only had she fallen, but almost every single woman fell on the second run. And she sat there thinking, just rejoicing, enjoying the moment. But it came to her that she won the bronze and the woman who won the gold fell too. And that the difference between the gold and the bronze wasn't that she fell and the gold winner didn't. It's that the gold medal winner got back up faster and finished the race. And so she came to that conclusion that it's not many times whether you fall, it's how quick you get back up again. And she started using that as a tagline. And in fact, Starbucks put it on one of their coffee cups for a long time. It's not whether you fall, it's how fast you get back up. And I want to leave you with that thought today that, that it's really not, it's not if you fall or not, because everyone falls. Everyone falters. Everyone gets knocked down. Like prize fighters, you don't go into the ring and not get hit. It's just impossible. It's just not going to happen. And to go into whatever it is you're going into, business, ministry, life, and to think that you're not going to take some hits is just not realistic and it's not a good way to look at things. And when that boxer gets in the ring and takes a hard punch, sometimes you even go down. 
And sometimes you, you're, you, when you get down, you shake your head and you realize that you've, you've just lost your bearings and, and, and the room is spinning. And, and the question now is, do I get back up again? And the ref comes over and he puts the count, one, two, three. You're trying to shake the cobwebs out of your head and all the, the, the bells and whistles that you hear and the birds tweeting. And you just shake yourself and you get up to your knees and the ref's counting four, five, six. And then you realize you're starting to come around and realize this fight isn't over. And the ref is saying seven, eight, nine. And you realize, oh, I have, I may have lost this round, but if I can get back up again, I still have a chance to win this fight. I can win this fight. And before the ref can count 10, you crawl to your feet. He checks you to see if you're conscious and, and able to continue. And then you stand to your feet and the bell rings and you get to go to your corner and you get to regain your composure and you realize I've, I, I've lost this round, but I can still win this fight. And I think that's my encouragement to you today. You may have lost a round. You may have taken a hit. You may have taken something that hurt you and put you down really hard. But you can get back up again. You can get back up again. And you can finish this race. You can finish this fight. You can finish your course. Just like Bonnie, when she fell and she got back up, hurt, wounded, but she pointed her skis down the hill and she finished. And to everyone's surprise, she was in the goal, in the medal uh, ceremony, even though she was only the third ranked American skier. But I want to tell you something that you can finish and you can finish strong. Do not stay down. The difference is how fast you get back up again. Get back up, point your skis down the hill and get going again because you can do this. You can finish and you can finish strong. Today to finishing strong. Please help us by sharing with your friends. Until next time, remember it's not how you started that matters, it's how you finish. Finish strong.